0: Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Frank Pizor. So without further ado, here he is.
1: Thanks for coming today. Uh, Hopefully uh, you're not expecting a lot, and I don't mean that in a pseudo-humble way, but the, the reality is this is something that you have probably heard a million and a half times before, our necessity to be with God. And so today I wanted to talk about the busier we get, the more rest we need, which sounds a little bit crazy and maybe a little bit contradictory, but I think it is an incredible spiritual truth that we see a lot in the life of Jesus and then ultimately in his disciples slash apostles that we'll see today. So I have the clicker. Uh, Lord willing, I'll do this right. I... Oh, see, I did it wrong already. There we go. All right. Uh, let's read these verses. You're going to notice if you have your Bibles with you or if you pull out your uh, computer within your hand and you look up a version, you will find no version like this. This is uh, the multiverse. And again, not to be confused with... Uh, marvel or dc or whatever but this is the new way that i have been learning and trying to train myself in how to read scripture and what i do is i take five versions five different versions and i put them all together to make sense of what i think is a fuller explanation of what's going on in the passage so i'm going to read it for us and it reads this way the apostles after being sent out as missionaries gathered with and returned to Jesus from their ministry tour, telling him all they had done and taught. Because there were so many people continually coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time or chance or the leisure to eat. Jesus said, come now, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet, secluded, solitary, and deserted place and get some rest, some refreshment for a while. So they left by boat for a quiet, solitary, secluded, deserted place where they could be alone. All right. I'm just going to quick survey in terms of the amount of busyness that you experience in your life. And the first question is this: I have is um, on a scale of one to three, this being one. How many of you would say I have so much free time that I get to do whatever I want, whenever I want? Now, don't raise your hands, don't stand up or or anything like that. Um, I have not met this person yet. And so I'm almost willing to bet uh, there are not more than five people sitting with us here today that would actually be like that. So uh, I'm going to encourage you, if you're one of those people that's like this, come up to me afterwards. And if you're the fifth person, I'll take you out to lunch. Don't lie. Don't lie. Don't send your four kids in front of you and say, hey, tell them this, and then you're the fifth person. If you want to go to lunch with me, I'll go with you anyway. But I have to imagine that there are not many of us who are like that. But if you're like that, that's cool, understandable. Uh, That may be the season of life you're in. There are many of us, I think, fit here, which is I spend most of my day running around doing things, but I do get time to pursue interests or hobbies. In other words, in terms of busyness, you're rather busy. Uh, You don't sit around, you don't watch a lot of soap operas in the day like they used to do in the 70s and the 80s, but you're constantly on the move. You're picking up kids, dropping off kids, whether it's soccer or it's dance or it's orchestra or whatever it is, you're pretty busy. You don't really get to sit down much, but on Saturdays and sometimes even at nights, you get the chance or the opportunity to do something fun for yourself to just kind of blow off steam. I would imagine that's most of us. Now, I've been going around on uh, partnership visitation just to visit our partners to see how they're doing. And I think many of us are right here, which is, I'm so busy, I'd be willing to buy free time just to slow down and get some time to breathe. And some of you are putting in incredible amounts of hours. In fact, one of the interesting things that said yesterday, and this, I'm saying this before I go on sabbatical is uh, Elder John said, that Ed guy just amazes me. Where does he get the time to do all this stuff? The guy's in everything and everywhere. I think we're going to miss him. But, this, well, we are going to miss you, not I think. But here's my point. I think most of us live in this world where there is so much going on in our lives that we really don't get the opportunity to slow down and actually be with God. Now, when you're busy, what do you have the tendency to do? You don't have to answer because I think the answer is most of us will cut out things that don't need to be done or we can live without for a while. You know, for instance, if you're very busy, maybe you'll skip a lunch or a breakfast or a dinner, whatever it is, to get done what you have to do. You can always do that later. It's not like we live in a country Where if you don't eat one meal, you're not going to get anything the next meal. I mean, we have so much food in abundance, you could eat all day long, basically. But when you're busy, it might be something that you skip. I have found in my life, personally, when I get too busy, I have a tendency to skip... Anyone want to guess? Close. Anybody else? Missy, did you say my quiet time? I would agree with you, yes. Yes. Uh, I have a tendency to skip my time with God because my aunt and breakfast is close because you're eating with God, right? Eating the word of God food. Okay. Anyway, uh, my tendency is to miss that very important time with him because I have so much to do. And one of the, I don't know, side effects, the bad side effects of my job is that I spend all day in the Bible or being with people or praying with people. So I don't really need a quiet time, right? Amen. Somebody's got to say, brother, that's so wrong. That's messed up. It is. But when we get busy, we do have a tendency to cut off things that we don't really need to get done because we can get to them later. And the grandest excuse is God understands. God understands. So today, what I want to talk about really is looking at the fact that the busier we get, the more rest we need. Now, when I say rest, I'm not just necessarily talking about sleep. I'm actually talking about time with Jesus. Real rest. Not the rest where you're sleeping or, I also have the tendency to do this, just to watch TV to blow off steam. But a real rest that says, I will sit with you and I will be with you. So we look at our text here. Let me see if I can get us to that. And we look at verse 30, and it says, The apostles, after being sent out as missionaries, gathered with and returned to Jesus from their ministry tour telling him all that they had done and taught. And what I want us to see here is that the disciples are calming off a time of being very busy. I don't know how many have ever gone on a mission trip. When you go on a mission trip and you travel, there's a lot going on. And now the coughing is going to start, so please accept my apologies. <coughs> but there's a lot that goes on in a missions trip. And what had Jesus had done at the beginning of Mark 6 is he had sent all of them off in pairs, so six pairs, six teams, and they went out and they were doing ministry to people, the same sort of ministry that Jesus was doing. In other words, he said, guys, go out there, tell them about me. Proclaim the good news. The king is come. Along with that, you will have the power to heal and cast out demons. And so this is their ministry. I don't know how long they were gone. <clears throat> I don't know if they were gone for a week, two weeks or whatever amount of time it was. But when they came back together, they sat down with Jesus and said, listen, we've traveled, we're very busy, and here's all the things we are done. There's probably a sense of excitement and joy. How many of you went on summer missions trips this year? When you came back, you were probably a little bit exhausted, right? But energized at the same thing. It's so kind of a weird thing, because you're just happy. Well, we saw God do things that we don't normally see God do uh, during our normal everyday lives, because there's a focus, And so I can imagine that's what the disciples are like when they come back. They're feeling a little bit tired, but it gets crazy because in the midst of this time with Jesus, (coughs) there were so many people coming continually and going, coming and going continually that Jesus and his disciples didn't even have time or a chance or the leisure to eat. (coughs) Here's the idea. How many of you have ever had a working lunch? And I don't mean like when you go out together and you sit down and you have lunch together and you talk about sports. and just. How many of you, while you're eating lunch, actually are working? Because you're so busy. Anybody want to throw up their hands up there? You, you have a lot of us, right? Because you know, that, that's how busy. I can imagine you have a constant press of people around you. In a sense, maybe pushing, shoving, because they want to see the healer. They want to see the man who's going to give them life. And in the midst of all of this, they don't even have time to eat. You have the opportunity to have a working lunch, they don't even have the chance to eat. Because in my mind, when I think about Jesus and he has the people who are around him, I don't see Jesus lining up people going, okay, one, two, three, four, five. You're healed. Uh, Cast out a demon. Uh, you're having insecurity issues, but I want you to be no longer anxious. Okay, go on. Uh, Healed. Uh, I cannot see Jesus doing ministry like that. The way that I see Jesus doing ministry, (coughs) actually sitting with person one and having a conversation. (coughs) Know them as the person that they are. Getting to see where they're at entering into their pain entering into their life entering into their story and doing that over and over and over again all day long have you ever been with someone even for a couple hours and after a while you're like this person's driving me nuts if you're an introvert you feel that all the time right us as introverts are like man even if you like the person i need my space but imagine Jesus doing this with his disciples over and over and over again, all day long, that they don't even have time to eat. And so in the midst of all of this busyness, beyond the working lunch, I <coughs> lost you know, awesome. all day, and uh, I told Ed, as soon as I get up here, it's going to happen. But in the midst of all of that, with all of these people continually coming around them, Jesus says some very encouraging words. And he says to them, listen, guys, brothers, this is really important. Let's get away. Jesus says, come now. It's, it's an, almost like an imperative. It's not like, um, let me go, hey, Linus, what are you doing for lunch today? You don't know, but it's just kind of like, it's not like that. It's like, Linus, dude, we really need to go to lunch today. You're buying, but we really need to go to lunch. It's an imperative. So when Jesus says to the disciples, he's going, hey, uh, come on now, guys. Uh, maybe we should yeah, take a little rest time, hang out a little bit, get to know each other, talk about ministry. No, it's he's, We must come now. We need to get away. We need not to play, not to have free time, but to really pray, to be together. Because Jesus obviously has never been to the American church. See, in the American church, (coughs) exciting things going on, what do we do? Let's do more. Let's press in. Let's keep pushing on because if we're going to burn out, why not burn out for Jesus? That's cool. That's spiritual. And I wonder if Jesus says, yeah, no. Uh, Really, come now, and let's go to a solitary and secluded place where we can be together, where we can be in relationship. Because I think what Jesus is saying is in light of what's going on in your life, you need to be with me, not doing something, but just being. Not doing something, but just being. And that's the weird thing about Jesus. See, in Mark chapter 1, after Jesus had a long night of ministry, people are getting healed, demons are being cast out. What does he do? He goes off and he prays. His disciples find him, and they're not even American, and they're like, Jesus, let's go back. The people are like hungry for for all this good stuff that you're doing. And Jesus says, yeah, let's go over here. Let's go somewhere else. Because God has a different plan. And and you see Philip in Acts chapter 8, and... And ministry is flourishing where he's at. And then he meets the Ethiopian eunuch and maybe thinking, hey, now it's time to go back to this flourishing ministry. And God says, no, bro, we're going somewhere else. You see, God has a plan for us to be with him. That's primary. And what's secondary is for us to do something. And even as an American, I make that dichotomy. It's truly they go hand in hand. Because when Jesus calls us to be with him, what he's saying is, I want to give you what you need to be able to do what you need to do so that you don't do it by yourselves. Because in my imagination, as I'm looking at Jesus before he gives us an imperative, as I'm wondering if he's looking at his disciples and maybe one or two of them and, and not picking on Judas, but I'm going to, but imagine Judas is feeling a sense of pride. Like, dude, man, I just cast out a demon of whatever it was. That's pretty awesome. You're a good Judas, man. You're a good guy. And maybe Peter is like, I did this. And, and, and maybe Andrew's like, I did this. And maybe Jesus is looking at it going, whoa. You're getting ahead of yourselves, guys. It's not about you. It's about my power. Or maybe he's looking at these guys and they have become numb. Maybe he sees them listening to a story going, yeah. Yeah. huh, But not really paying attention. I mean, either way, Jesus says, listen, guys, Come. Come now, we need to get a way to be together. I want to go through this slowly. Our union, or lack thereof, with Christ affects our conformity to Christ. There aren't a lot of things that I want you to catch, but this is one of them. Our union, or lack thereof, with Christ affects our conformity to Christ. If I asked you, what is God's plan for your life? I think most of us would say something like, I'm supposed to be this, and I'm supposed to then do this. That's what we think God's plan is. I think God's plan is really that we would be conformed to the image of his son Jesus, which we find in Romans chapter 8. How does that happen? It happens through our union with Christ. Our union with Christ. And our union with Christ is strengthened by the time that we spend with Christ. Even though there is a positional union that we have, the practical union with Christ is what really matters. And if you don't spend time with Christ, you really can't grow into his likeness. For instance, I'm fighting myself to be a little bit more like Pastor Stan each and every day. If you know Pastor Stan, when you're in a conversation and he agrees with something, what does he say in response to show his agreement? Do you know? He says for sure, doesn't he? Right? See, you're laughing because you know. He says for sure. And so I find myself in conversations with people. When I agree with them, I go, for sure. It's like, oh my goodness, I'm becoming more like Pastor Stan. In the same way, when we spend time with Christ, our union with Christ, it affects our conformity to Christ. And so if you're sitting there today saying, man, I don't really feel too united with Christ, it is probably a good indicator that you're not spending the time that you need to be spending with him in order to become more like him so that your union or lack thereof with Christ affects your conformity to Christ. You want to be like Jesus, you have to spend time with Jesus. And so as Jesus is looking at his disciples, whether they have begun to wander off in their own little world, he says, guys, come now. Come now. I mean, like as a parent, when you're telling your kid, hey, dinner's ready. Be down in five minutes. No, come now. Be down in five. Come now. Am I the only one that does that? Right? Right? Come now. Jesus is saying, guys, come now. Because more than you doing ministry, more than this demon being cast out, more than someone being healed, more than proclaiming the good news that the, that the king has come, come now, come now and be with me. Because a lack of conformity to Christ Or lack thereof affects our ability to share Christ. Our conformity to Christ or lack thereof affects our ability to share Christ. We cannot change people. I can change no one here. I can make you be different, I can be manipulative. I can fill you with guilt and shame about what you're doing or what you're not doing, but I can't really change you. That is a work of God exclusively. And so if you're not in this union with Christ, becoming more like Christ, you have an inability to share Christ. And so I wonder if Jesus, in looking at his apostles, his disciples, is going, guys, I see you're doing the work but you're not doing the work my way, which is in union with the Father, with the Spirit, and ultimately with me. And so he says, come now. Come now. Separate yourselves. See, the necessity of being with Jesus is this. The busier you get, the more rest you need. The busier you get the more rest you need. Now, let's be realistic. That is from the ivory tower. Right? Let's be honest. If you're sitting there, if you're like Ed or some of the other people, it's like, bro, you get paid to be alone with God. It's very easy for me to say that. That's why I'm picking on the disciples and the recognition that Jesus has that these guys are very busy, so busy they don't even have time to eat, and yet Jesus still says, come now, we need to get apart. We need to get recharged. We, we, we need to get refilled. And so this is Jesus' goal or purpose for us to be united with him by spending time with him so that the desires that you have are the desires that come from Jesus. The thoughts that you have are the thoughts that come from Jesus so that the things that you say and do have already been influenced by your union with Christ, which leads to your conformity to Christ, which leads you with the power to be able to be used by Christ as you share with people who are around you. So the busier you get, the more rest you need. I'm going to try and land this plane. Uh, We didn't read this part, but once they get into the boat and they sail about five miles away, guess what happens? If you want to look a little further in your non-metaverse version of Scripture, feel free to do so. But you'll find out when they come across the shore, guess who's waiting for them? The people that they left behind. And so it's kind of like you get out of the frying pan and jump into the fire because the people are saying, We need you, God. We need Jesus. We We need help. And so they're running. I mean, these people are like passionate about getting help from Jesus. They step offshore, and there's five thousand people that are before them. So we're asking ourselves, "Wait a minute, if Jesus was God. Why well, didn't He pick a better place?" So I'm thinking about what, what's going on in this story. And in the end of the story, actually, when you go to Mark 6:46, what does Jesus do after this? He goes off by himself after feeding the five thousand. But I'm thinking, if I'm in the ivory tower and you're living day to day, being overwhelmed by all of the things that you have to get done, and then you hear me say, the busier you get, the more rest you need. You need to be with Christ. You're like, bro, too much. And I absolutely understand that. So I want to give three things as I'm landing this plane. Number one, quiet times. Now you feel, Everybody said yeah 9,50,000 times every message is you need to have your quiet time. What I want to do is encourage you to do this. And this is crazy. Use the multiverse and pray it back to God. This week I have only had one verse for my quiet time. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16, but I say to you, walk by the spirit so you don't carry out the desires of the flesh. That's the New American Standard Version. Now, I have a multiverse version that I have reflected on all week long. That's it. That's my time with God. I want to free you up to thinking that you have to read at least a chapter a day. I know a pastor who says he reads like 10 chapters a day. I think to myself, you read 10 chapters of the Bible a day? What do you do? How do you do that? How do you even sit down and think and reflect? And he may actually do it. I'm not saying that he isn't. But I can't do that. And I'm guessing you might not even have the time to read just a chapter a day. In fact, I sent to Leon Eberhardt, he's at Duke, I said, bro, man, let's read just a paragraph. He goes, no, man, a paragraph isn't enough to me, I have to read a chapter. Okay, that's fine, because to be honest with you, I can only read a verse a day to really get into it. So stop feeling guilty for not being able to read a whole chapter or two chapters or three chapters like somebody else and read what you need to read In order to be with God. And I find the multiverse is the best way for me. And I encourage you to do it. Because you have to actually think. (coughs) On what you're reading. Second thing I want to encourage you to do. Sabbath. How many of you have ever really taken a whole day off just to be with God? Okay. Worship leader. Elder. right? (laughs) Just one. Take it easy there, girl. A little too much. I think uh, next year, no raise for you. You took a whole day off. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We don't really do Sabbath. This summer we did Sabbath with the greenhouse group. We actually said we're going to get together Saturday night. We're going to have our service. And then no TV, no cell phones, no nothing. Just be with God. How many of you would be interested in doing that? Okay, not as many as I'd hope, but the rest of you, maybe you just don't want to raise your hands. Uh, I used secret today. It works. But, yeah, Sabbath. We don't take Sabbath. I really think Jesus says to everyone here, come now. I know you think that you don't have enough time to do it, but come now and be with me. Take that Sabbath. Take the time to be connected, reconnected, Spend the time in silence and solitude. And it's not a blank silence, but it's a silence that reflects on the word. In fact, um, the next thing which I think is also important that we need to do is a recharge. Not a retreat. I don't like retreats. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if many pastors say this. I hate retreats. Retreats are basically a huge weekend of massive amounts of activity so that we can listen to someone tell us what we th- he or she thinks that we need to know from God, so that we can rush then to a seminar after we've had a crazy lunch and dinner and breakfast together, because we're going to do it again tonight, and if you got to put your kids to bed, that's great, because we like to rush around, and you know the weird thing is that somehow kids just don't feel comfortable in their beds, and so it's a rough weekend anyway. I hate retreats. I may not be working here next week because I said that, but I'm just going to be honest. What I prefer is something I call a recharge. A recharge is where you set aside one day, maybe it's a Saturday, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and you're just spending time with God. Extended quiet time. Maybe looking at a multiverse. You see, Jesus looks at us, and I, I really think he understands. You are busy. You have to be busy to keep up in this world. Right? How many of you are in medicine? If you don't continue reading to stay up on the stuff that's happening, you're going to fall behind. How many of you are in companies where you have to keep working? Because if you don't, the person behind you who's racing after your job will catch you and pass you. Right? We're all very busy. How many of you, when you look at your kids, are saying, hey, I want my kid to be better in what they do so that they're good? Whether it's soccer, whether it's dance, whether it's softball, even like us, even with dance for our youngest, just that sense of you just can't leave them behind. And there's that constant pressure to keep doing and doing and doing. And we think that success ultimately comes from all the things that we've done. And yet in the eyes of God, it's not about all the busyness. It's not about all the doing. It's about being with you. In fact, I'm looking up at Andy. Don't you have enrollment, open enrollment coming up? Absolute nuts. Great. Not you, by the way. Just the season that you're going through. That's crazy. But God would still say, come now. We need to get away. We need to spend time together and be with one another. Now, before I I land this plane, I'm going to invite Brian Kim on up here. He's been dying to do this, as you can tell. But back last November, Pastor Stan... Oh, was it? Yeah, you know what? Actually, you could be right. You're smarter than me anyway. So, uh, March, Pastor Stan, Brian, and I went away for a one-day recharge event. And so, Brian, before we get into that, uh, I'm going to ask you the questions. You already got the questions, so this is kind of like a little bit of a setup. But uh, describe your life on a daily-slash-weekly basis. What's it like? You turned it off because you're going to make fun of me, so we'll just pretend that we didn't hear that pofol made me part. Oh, there we go. Um,
0: Yeah, so uh, my my name is Brian. Uh, My wife, Amy, Um, guys know my wife Amy and um, we've got three uh, young sons Brandon who's nine um, Benji who's seven and Bryce who just turned five yesterday actually Um, but uh, um, yeah we're both physicians with three young kids so you know obviously our schedule can get very chaotic Um, I'm in a busy private practice and um, uh, you know there's a very heavy load at work but then you know the other part that you know um, I think uh, med school doesn't prepare you for is just how busy the actual running the business side of it is. You know, you're kind of almost like running a small business. So, um, yeah, you get torn in a lot of different ways. And then, um, of course, with kids, now that they're getting a little older and getting into sports and extracurriculars and, um, you know, things get very chaotic very quickly. Um, I think that um, you know you, as much as you try to say no to, to things over time you know natural and this happens to everybody naturally you're in your career you get very you know much busier there are more responsibilities put on you and and the kids as their needs grow and change and the, you know the um, right now with sports you probably most nights out of the week as soon as I get home we 're kind of running to one practice or another, and even weekends there are games on Saturdays and Sundays and things like that so um yeah, th- things you're, are... T- you're busy. Basically,
1: you're busy. Yeah. 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 So, so busy that you forgot me to uh, send an invitation to me about the birthday party. I get that. You're very busy. Uh, <laughs> that was my next question. Where's my invitation? Yeah, but yeah. I won't ask that question because my next question I want to ask you, how does that affect the, How does that affect you being so um, busy and your family and then ultimately your spiritual life?
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, honestly, I think I, I felt like I was managing it okay, but I think I started getting really burnt out during the pandemic. Um, you know, at first, the initial slowdown was actually kind of welcome in some ways, but, um, you know, there were, at the same time, there were extraordinary extraordinary uh, stresses at work, and, you know, dealing with the kids and their remote schooling was, like, another challenge. <laughs> and then, um, uh, what else? Um, you know, and, and as things started to open up, um, and, of course, you know, as many of you know, Amy got really sick during that time, and, um, you know, so um, as things started to open up, it seemed like um, you know things got even busier than pre-pandemic. So um, you know, at, at one point, I, I think I started to just feel really burnt out, like I was trying to juggle all these balls and hoping that one doesn't drop. And I think I expressed that to Pastor Stan at one point. Um, so that's how you know this doing this one-day retreat came about. Um, and um, yeah so you know with the one day retreat honestly it was hard to even kind of find time to do it we had to reschedule a couple times cuz <laughs> stuff came up um, but uh you know I, I did find it really helpful just you know it's almost unnatural to have a day where you just don't have anything going on and it's actually honestly hard even once i was there to like keep my mind from racing around to the different things i you know usually you're thinking about um we had a, one verse that we kind of reflected and thought about during that day. It was Proverbs sixteen nine, which I think says you can make your plans, um, but uh, God determines your steps. The whole point being that, um, you know, we're there to meet with God, to hear what God uh, wants to say to us, and not so much, you know, figure out how that fits in our life or how, you know, we can kind of mold that to kind of um, what our own agenda is. Um, and um, so, uh, you know, one thing I did find really helpful was the idea of just concentrating or um, reflecting on one verse at a time, um, because usually, you know, with Bible reading, I tend to approach that as like a checklist, to-do list, <laughs> you know, you're just trying to get through as many things as you can, um, but I found that really helpful. Um, Although I think there's like over 31,000 verses in the Bible. So if you do one a day, it's going to take you like 87 years to get through it. Uh, um, But yeah, I mean, I would encourage everyone, you know, to definitely, you know, I think every, it's part of today's society, you know, just how busy everybody feels and how kind of pulled in so many different directions you feel. So um, I would definitely encourage you to to, uh, take the time to do it. Um, Hopefully, we'd love to hang out with you all day. Um,
1: so thank you. thank you appreciate that hello Brian I want to encourage you there are a lot of repeats so maybe there's a little bit less and it won't take 87 years but 85 I just want to finish with a, a, a simple statement the busier you get the more rest and so Jesus just says to everyone here No matter how busy you are, come now. With the disciples, it was probably just maybe an hour or so together on that boat from one shore to the next. Jesus intended extended time with his disciples. They didn't get it, but they still had time. Please take the time, because the, the goal of our spiritual life is not to do things or to see things come to fruition. That's God's job. It's for us to be conformed to Christ. Our union affects our conformity. Our conformity affects our ability to share Christ. So Jesus would say, right now, at this moment, come now. We need To go somewhere quiet, deserted, lonely, desolate, and just be together. Now, I can't see the time. Is the time clock up there? 10 to 12? Oh, wow. (laughs) That was a lot longer than I thought. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, can we just bow our heads? And I know it's really, 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 really hard to suddenly just stop and be. So I want to give you a little portion of a verse. Before Jesus started his ministry, God spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And uh, I don't remember if you've ever seen this in the Friday Blast when I sent this exercise to focus on Christ. and and God saying those words to him. But I I want to take it to the second step, which is I want you to just go over the thoughts that God speaks to you and says, you are my beloved. And that's it. Don't worry about everything else that comes after. Just you are my beloved. You matter. Come now and just be with me. I'm going to give us about 90 seconds to just reflect on that. Fight off everything else that wants to crowd into your mind. Create a little mental envelope and say, We'll deal with you in about 90 seconds. With just the simple words You are my beloved, my beloved daughter